0: And hello, welcome to the show. I am so glad to be uh, here in studio with you, Dan. Happy everything.
1: Happy holiday season, Buzz. Happy midway between... Oh. Yeah, go ahead. So here's a question for you. What resolutions do you have for 2023, Buzz? That's at least four days away. Come on, you only have four days. You do not have a lot of hours. Come on, Buzz. Um.
0: Well... So, well, here's my story. I was a really good boy last year, mm-hmm. and i I shed weight on my aging frame, mm-hmm. and um so much that it was really nice to look down and see my shoes. Unfortunately, they're not as visible as the tips of my toes are now visible. What are you, Santa Claus or something? <laughs> <laughs> well, getting there. <laughs> it's a lot of cookies when I slide down. The in. <laughs> a lot of candy canes, too many candy canes. So this is not. This is, it is not the season. To be weight conscious, because everybody's
1: making everything. Hey, you Give, have four days to be weight conscious, all right? You right.
0: Well, you know, I, I I just walked into the studio not too long ago, and you pointed out those uh, beautiful-looking little leaf-looking sweets that Joan Holiday made for everybody here she in the studio.
1: Yes. They're good, right? They're amazing, yes. They're, They're amazing. delicious.
0: So I should be worried Very about my sweet. resolution to lose weight and <laughs> stare at these beautiful and amazing-tasting treats that are there. Every neighbor brings us cookies, little boxes, beautifully wrapped of beautiful little Christmas cookies. I mean, come on.
1: I think you're going to be in trouble for saying all of this on air, Buzz. I am just, just going to throw think, that out no, there.
0: I mean, it's... To each of my neighbors, I love you. Joan <laughs> Holiday, I love you. Uh, and resolution, I hate you. <laughs> but I think, so the last two years I've been really, a, I've been a good boy. I've actually made resolutions that I followed. Um, Um, and you know, which you don't want to share because I can share them. They they involve um, taking care of my body. You know, the thing about, um, for all of you busy people out there, you will identify with this that it's really hard to work long hours and be disciplined in taking care of your physical self. So, and it's also easy to assume that, um, Age hasn't impacted you like it does other people, right? So you you chug along, and suddenly you're out of weight, and you're huffing and puffing. So you have to then hop on uh, the exercise machine and make sure that you take enough walks and snowshoe and and eat less, eat smaller portions, cut out the sugar, you know, all those kinds of things. It requires discipline, and this is the season to indulge, right? Isn't? Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, this is the
1: season. Whatever the religion. Now's the time we've learned. You need to indulge. to indulge now so you can then have resolutions in 2023 to, you know, uh, ameliorate the the mistakes made. See, now you're talking. There this you is go, why you're you're one of the that's why we you're work the together. fourth wise man,
0: Dan Torres. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: indulge now. Wow, thank you for calling me a wise man at uh, 38. <laughs> I really appreciate that, Buzz. that's I don't know what I'm going to be when I'm 70. Uh, wiser wow. and fatter and slower. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, let me tell you, I, I'm going to fight the the weight as, as much as I can. I tell you that much. I've learned that lesson already. Well, I hope, um,
0: are you, are you going to do first night?
1: Oh yes. I'm going to be at first night in Northampton. Yep. I'll be here. Uh, I don't know, some point in the afternoon and probably stay. I don't know if I'll stay until midnight, but I'll definitely stay most of the afternoon and evening in Northampton. It'll be exciting. You have your okay. pin? I don't have a pin, but I have people who know how know to get people. one. I know people who have know
0: people. Have your peeps get you a pin. Yeah, they might get me a pin. Well, I hope
1: everybody gets a pin. If uh, people listen wants... in the morning, they yeah. can call in to Just Tyler and win a pin. So there's ways to win for free. I mean, they should be buying pins, but there's opportunities here on WHMP if you listen in the morning at 7 a.m.,
0: Freebies at HMP.
1: Who doesn't want one? Uh,
0: who Well, um, I mean, it's a wonderful thing. And uh, when I drive into Northampton and uh, walk around on cold January first nights, I always love it. There's always act after act. Sometimes they're comics, and sometimes they're music, and it, it, sometimes it's theater, uh, and it's always great. It's a great night. But um, because we live 35 minutes away. Uh, We're having a New Year's Eve gathering of local uh, Hilltown people, and um, so we're going to be having a nice little sort of dinner party, I guess you call it, uh, on New Year's, because it's just the distances. But I I hope everybody in the Valley really does do. First night is great, Mm -hmm. and it's great to celebrate together
1: um, the clocks turning, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a nice way... To celebrate the New Year's and also the fact that we didn't have First Night for two years during the pandemic. Pretty sure we didn't have one. And I know in 2020, we didn't have one uh, leaving 2020 to go into 2021. And I'm pretty sure we didn't have one from 2021 going into 2022. So this is going to be nice. I believe.
0: You think. Three years from now, we're going to remember the term super spreader and, and remember what yeah. it really feels like. I'm already sort of forgetting.
1: Um, we're going to remember how cautious we had to be two years ago. It was, you know, yeah, it was an uncertain time. Absolutely, we didn't know how long things were going to be the way it was. So many people are out of a job. The government was spending money to keep people afloat financially. So many people lost jobs. So many people lost lives too. And so many people had their lives changed forever.
0: Yeah, people lost their lives, which means—and I read that about a third of them— no, I think it was Jeff Napolitano right here on the show told us that over one-third of them had children. That means there were all these orphans caused
1: by that dreadful virus. And can I say this? We just had a January 6th select committee investigate what happened on January 6th right? 2021. Yeah. Right. I'm a little shocked, but not really anymore, that we are not going to have an either bipartisan or select committee on COVID-19 and the COVID response. And I feel like the fact that we're not going to have one is a troubling sign. Uh, Not to mention a million people dead. That is almost twice the number of people of Americans who died during World War II? So roughly about six hundred thousand Americans died. This killed in the span of two years over a million Americans. There's no congressional investigation. What did the government get right? What they get wrong? What were the mistakes? What didn't they see? And uh, it, it's it's not a good sign of of uh, something. You know, in the, I, in the I, I haven't done Sorry. that
0: equivalency. Um. But you're right. I mean, Vietnam. I think there were fifty-five thousand Americans killed. Yeah. that's one twentieth of the um, number that were yeah. killed by COVID. And the same is true for the uh, for the Korean conflict. We can't call it a war because it was undeclared. Right. Constitution yeah. requires only Congress must declare, and they never did. Yeah. But that I think it was fifty thousand as well in that conflict yeah. that we lost. It's you know twenty times either of those. We make such a right. big deal about the loss
1: of life. Yeah. I mean, especially, you know, I mean, you're not even mentioning the lives lost inside the countries of the people who are living there, the Vietnamese and all that. Putting that to aside, but the American government represents the American people need to be the ones to take charge of this and say, what did we get right in COVID? What didn't we get right and why? And how the future pandemic and responses need to be uh, implemented. Look, we don't know what the future pandemics will look like. But we should study the mistakes that were made and also the, the successes that were made. I mean, some people are going to look at me and be like, Dan, it's obvious it's Trump, 100 percent. But there's a lot of institutional knowledge, CDC, how government enforces, uh, how government communicated what was really going on. We need a record of that. I mean, so much was said. There were so many different stories people were, it was impossible to follow because so many stories were coming at you left and right and nobody knew what was going on. People didn't want masks. People thought masks were important at the beginning and then we should take them off. Other people are still wearing them now. There's so much
0: Anti-vaxxers. confusion.
1: Anti-vaxxers don't believe, you know, that the vaccines have any, uh, any benefit to yeah, The reason to why we still so, have
0: COVID yeah. is because, you know, that 80%, we couldn't reach that 80% yeah. of people fully vaccinated in this yeah. country. We had, I think it was only 66, no, 68% yeah. have uh, two shots, and, and let for, alone all the boosters. Yeah. I think there was 73%, um, according to the CDC, have received one shot. 68% seems, received a second shot. And then the boosters, it's down in the low 60s, had 80%. We would have reached that herd immunity. Yeah. Had 80%. That's, it seems got, low
1: for herd, but yeah. I, I, well, that's I mean, what Fauci said. Is that what I, Fauci said? Well, uh, way back when, my memory okay. is... That's what I mean, 80%. I mean, other con- I mean, the thing about this virus is people can still get it despite being vaccinated. But the difference from what I've read is that you wouldn't be uh, out in the hospital or well, nearly die. Well, I might as well disclose, risking. as
0: you well know, Dan, yeah. um, that um, well, it might have been from somebody who came into the studio. We're not quite sure. But about three weeks ago, after I went 33 months without getting the virus. Mm-hmm. And... All those 33 months, throughout a lot of those 33 months, I was in here with you, um, sometimes masked, sometimes unmasked with a bunch of different people. Mm -hmm. We have, um, we're on the air 260 times a year, usually with at least two guests. Um, And so that's 500 and whatever it is, do the numbers, 520 people at least um, here in the studio, which is, you know, it's a closed studio. There's no open air coming in here other than (laughs) an event at the top of the... Ceiling, there's no windows open or anything else. So I went 33 months, and then I caught the virus. Now, I had had both shots, and I had four boosters. Wow. And um, I was sick for about two days, and sick meant I slept like 15 out of 18 hours, which for me is a lot of sleep. That's a lot of sleep. I was achy and um, a little cough, dry cough, not that terrible a cough, and after two and a half days, I was just fine. Um, so I think if if you haven't gotten your vaccines yet, they work. We, when I was a kid, polio was rampant. Uh, everybody got vaccinations for smallpox and for all sorts of things. And um, you don't even it isn't even a belief; it's knowledge. There's mm-hmm. a difference between fact and belief. A belief is not verifiable. A fact is people lives were saved because of vaccines and they still are being so we should learn something so dan yes your theory is yes investigate january 6th but let's try to figure out so that we're not like the spanish flu 100 years later right trying to guess what happened 100
1: years ago we actually have computers and all sorts of ways to preserve knowledge and you know scientists are still debating that uh, the origins of the spanish flu because uh, the Spanish government at the time wasn't uh, regulating their media. So the media was free to p- publish reports. And it looked like to the world that there was a major outbreak in Spain. And there was, except relative to other countries, it was comparable, if not even less. And they now believe the the consensus among the scientific community is that the origins of the Spanish flu was likely from a military base in Kansas, it started with pigs And it spread around the world um, very quickly and it killed millions of people. Um, Look, our scientific uh, know-how and knowledge is better than it was, obviously. So we were able to kind of reverse the the worst impacts of this. But um, we need to investigate what happened here at the government level, at all levels, and really publish a report that ideally would be bipartisan, not to be seen as attacking one or another, but really needs to look at this was the failure. These are the reasons why if there was government failure at the presidential level, that also needs to be published and known. People need to know how their government failed them, how the government was successful. And hopefully that will serve as at least some blueprint to future pandemics and how governments need to adjust policy, how it needs to communicate with the public Because, you know, I don't want to panic anybody, but it's like this is likely to happen again in the future. It's not unlikely. And one of the reasons I want to say this is humans all throughout the world are, are building homes in locations where animals live. And in this case, let's say near closer to the habitats of bats, okay? They're full of viruses, okay? And as we build more and more... In places where bats live, the likelihood that there can be an intermediary animal or get a virus directly from bats to humans, which I read is not all that common, is, is likely to grow. And so that creates this um, a, a very delicate situation for the future in terms of uh, controlling human habitat expansion as we move closer to where bats and and other animals that carry viruses live. You know, I read a story on CNN a couple of months back that the governments of the world right now should be spending something like $30 billion to protect these special environmental uh, areas and spaces from human encroachment. And if we did that, we could at least reduce the possibility of having another pandemic from a totally different virus. And I, I hate bringing this up, but this has to be part of government function and government work is to see what may happen in the future and what are the best practices to prevent a virus from spreading. And And you know what the result is? If you spend thirty billion dollars and you could save governments trillions of dollars potentially, why wouldn't you do that? Plus, it's good for the environment. so you're you're winning on the front of no pandemic. We're saving lives, and we're saving the economy from having to close. Right. But at the same time, the return on that 30 billion is huge. It's 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 exponential. It's more than like 100 times, you know, uh, the the The
0: 45th president of the United States made it really clear. If everybody just drank a glass of bleach, (laughs) one glass a day, we would kill all the viruses. Don't you know that?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm going to bank my life on, let me tell yeah, you. It's a really good idea. Listen,
0: the other thing I want to talk about when we talk about misguided leadership, and when rather than looking for solutions to issues, they, uh, they, they, they forget the mistakes of the past. I really want to talk about um, the sentencing today of one of the two uh, convicted co conspirators, leaders, co leaders of the effort to kidnap. Um, Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, he was sentenced today. And we want to talk about that and what we may or may not have learned from that. Um, and we're going to do that right after we come back from these messages. We'll be right back, Dan and I, to talk about that. Stay with us.
2: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP. It would be so
3: nice to come home to <laughs>
4: Who will be performing at First Night Northampton? We'll continue our preview of First Night with performers live in the studio, plus our fish wrap on the day's events and Sex Matters with the show's resident sexologist, Dr. Jane Fleischman. All this beginning Wednesday at 9 o'clock. Get in on the conversation. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9.
5: And again at 5. WHMP News, Information, and the Arts.
2: Do you know what's going on in business in Western Mass? You do if you read Business West. Find out which companies are growing, which companies are innovating. Learn about people on the move, people taking the lead. Every issue of Business West is packed with business news, including incorporations, corporations, building permits, real estate transactions, and bankruptcies. Pick up a copy or read Business West online. The vital business news is in Business West, the business journal of Western Mass.
1: First Night Northampton is back Live and in person 21 family friendly venues Over 100 performances From noon to midnight Purchase your pins At firstnightnorthampton.org Pick them up On the second floor Of Thorne's Marketplace On the 31st Your pin opens every door At the largest performing arts festival In the state Municipal parking lots are free So join us for music Acrobats DJs Comics Magicians And so much more There's also a fantastic fireworks Display at 6pm Northampton First Night a place to be on New Year's Eve
6: community mental health to serve populations that are often underserved. Megan is a therapist at ServiceNet. One core value at ServiceNet is to continue to learn, to really strive for the most effective treatment. If you're looking for a strong sense of community and collaboration, come to ServiceNet.
3: If you're a licensed mental health clinician who wants to make your own hours while also being part of a progressive community mental health team, join us at ServiceNet. Go to the employment page
7: at servicenet.org. Want to make a difference in a big way? Nearly 200 children in Hampshire County are on a waiting list to be matched with adult mentors called Bigs. Children who are matched with mentors through Big Brothers Big Sisters of Hampshire County do better in school, report higher self-confidence, and have better relationships with peers. Start something. Call 413 259 3345 and volunteer or donate to Big Brothers Big Sisters of Hampshire County.
2: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
5: So
0: welcome back to the Afternoon Buzz. Uh, I wanted to talk about the sentencing of the co-leader. When I say co-leader, normally I would say alleged, but this is convicted. Convicted. Of that plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, a, a, a truly chilling um, plan that fortunately was because of an FBI informant who had embedded in this group of, I think, 12 others. Um, th- they were able to foil this plan to kidnap the governor, um, blow up a bridge to ease their escape. It was just ornate plan. Uh, the, the His name is Adam Fox. Um, his co-leader is uh, who was convicted also is Barry Croft, who tomorrow will be uh, sentenced as well. And they were convicted on conspiracy charges at a, a trial. There were two trials in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and they were accused of this wild thing to whip up anti-government extremists and um, get them to... B- because they disagreed with the vaccination policy and the aggressive anti COVID policies of Gretchen Whitmer, they, they thought that it was a perfect example of government intruding on our lives and forcing us to mask and forcing us to get vaccines and all this. Their arrest and the, the capture of all, I think, 13 of them um, was sort of put a cap on that tumultuous year of racial strife and political turmoil uh, in this country, the government wanted a life sentence for Croft, um, saying that he would he offered bomb-making skills. Um, and uh, he, he was sort of the driving force, urging these recruits to take up arms and kidnap the governor and kill those who stood in their way. But um, uh, the judge, whose name is Robert Jonker, um, said that while Fox's sentence was needed as a punishment and deterrence, um, wasn't necessary to do life and sentence. He got a knife sentence. He got sixteen years in prison plus five years thereafter. I guess uh he's already served two years in pretrial detention, so he'll get credit for that time, sir. So he's got another fourteen years to go and then five years of supervision. Um it's a dreadful case, Dan Torres. It's uh it it's a Stunning, lawless, coup like situation.
1: So, the, if just so I understand that correctly, the government wanted a life sentence. He got 16 years, of which he has served two, so it would be 14 years.
0: 16 years plus five
1: plus, of supervised, uh, supervised probation uh, release. thereafter. Now, Buzz, so you're a lawyer, and I've always uh, had this thought uh, in my mind, when people are sentenced, let's say, to 16 years or whatever, they do not re- do they spend the full 16 years, or do they spend, if they're a good behavior, do they get credits and they actually spend half that or two thirds of that. or
0: Yeah. Let, let me be a little bit technical here. There are 56 jurisdictions in the United States. There's 50 right. states. Mm-hmm. There's a federal jurisdiction for, mm-hmm. you know, the, uh, yep. and then, and then we have the territories each have their own criminal mm-hmm. code. For the most part, they have good time credits. Mm-hmm. Like the federal government has good time credits where if you take the anti-drug courses and the, uh, go for your GED and, um, and uh, you do your time without disciplinary reports every month. You get a day or two or up to seven, depending on the jurisdiction, mm. off of your sentence. Mm. That means when you get out, you can get out a little bit earlier when mm. you add up all that good time, um, which is all statutory good time, right? Mm-hmm. But um, th- that just allows you to be eligible for parole I earlier, imagine. you still have to be on parole until you've wrapped your sentence until up unless you, your sentence it's up. commuted somehow by a yeah. governor or president. Right. Yeah. Okay. That answers your question? That does. I appreciate I that. can't imagine any commutation here.
1: The governor. No, I, I can't <laughs> imagine that if if you wanted to go out and... No, because it's her. a chilling
0: thing that yeah. if you disagree with your political leaders, kidnap her and...
1: And how, how often her. does the government... Usually bring up such charges. It's not very common, right? That the, the charges that they well, charge. I don't think them?
0: it's very common that people attempt to kidnap their governor, governor. and yeah. blow up a bridge to ease their escape. It's it, it, this was a heinous crime. Yeah, and you know we we all have these images. I hope people remember so we learn from our mistakes. Mm-hmm. Of of the statehouse in Michigan being just filled with people with uh, automatic weaponry and just charging in there and taking over it was it was January sixth only. Rit smaller in Michigan, yeah. and it, it was pretty dreadful and chilling. People, you know, I, I hope that this misplaced anger that people have where they're willing to, and these are just sort of militia people that um, took pride in their lawlessness, but it's really chilling when something like the governor of Texas ships, again, a policy that he started in April— DeSantis does it in Florida, millions and millions of dollars in shipping migrants to, in this case, on Christmas Day, the home of the Vice President of the United States, Um, these poor people who voluntarily got on a free bus that they thought was taking them to a nice place, instead it was taking them to freezing conditions in Washington, D.C. Two-thirds of one bus was filled with children. Um, Sometimes it's up to $12 million a month that Abbott has paid to have these people bus to New York City, um, and then if you saw his Christmas message, I wish I had it in front of me, I don't, but he quoted um, uh, gospel about loving others on Christmas Day. He issued this incredible Christian uh, uh, sort of message to his people, even as he did this incredibly hateful thing that I, I suspect if there were buses, Christ might have been there shipped to the uh to the home of the vice president, I don't know, but um, anyway, um, th- have I depressed you enough on this mm, post? Not enough, Buzz. It's not never enough. enough. We'll have another stab at I'm it, sure. Because there's good news coming right after the break. We have Jackie Walsh here. It is Playbill. We're going to hear about local theater. I always love this segment. We'll be back right after these messages. Stay with us. Don't be too depressed.
2: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
6: For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. U.S. Reps Jim McGovern and Richard Neal have helped secure a combined $38 million in federal funding for local investments across the first and second congressional districts. Those include more than $1 million toward the Jones Library renovations in Amherst, Over $400,000 to redesign Grow Food Northampton Community Farms, $975,000 for the Avenue A Streetscape Improvement Project in Turner's Falls, and $450,000 for technology for first responders in Franklin County. Projects in Athol, Worthington, and Holyoke will also receive funding. Teachers in the Amherst and South Hadley School Districts are still negotiating a contract after more than a year without one. President of Amherst Pelham Education Association, Mika McGee, says school managers have not listened to the needs of educators in her district. So the
3: idea that, you know, we won't collaborate, or work with them is just simply not true. We just want to make sure that we don't continue to take pay cuts, especially in the last couple of years with inflation being what it is. It's significantly, it's a significant chop.
6: More and more teachers are leaving the profession due to the low pay and high stress of the job. A new sewage pipe between Amherst and Hadley is a step closer with the help of a $155,000 grant. The two towns have been working together since before the pandemic to improve water resilience in the area. Wastewater from Hadley will be released in the Amherst Wastewater Treatment Plant through a pump station on Mill Valley Road. The $155,000 will go toward a feasibility study, which includes checking if any wetlands could be impacted.
1: I am Nick Arusco. Mostly sunny today with highs in the low to mid 30s. Mostly clear tonight with lows in the teens and 20s. We could approach 50 degrees by Friday. I'm Nick Aresco on 115 WHMP.
8: Hey, it's Jason with the Weather Channel and SnowCountry.com. Navaj helps you breathe better, sleep deeper, and snore less. But the biggest payoff is improved health. Navage is good personal hygiene and can help you stay healthier. Navaj, clean nose healthy life while well, ski areas have been feeding off over 72 hours of non-stop high-powered snowmaking since that storm passed and it's showing with more trails opening every day groomers are doing their part digging deep into those trails and the holiday week brings lots of folks to enjoy it all so ski with care At Berkshire East, over a dozen runs now. Jiminy Peak skiing till 10 every night of the week, close to 30 trails. Ski Butternut on a baker's dozen now, so is Wachusett. They're skiing till 7 p.m. at Wachusett. Ski Sundown Connecticut, keeping it going till 10 p.m. Stratton, almost 60 trails now. This report brought to you by Smuggler's Notch. Vermont Where Family Funds Guaranteed. Visit smugs.com. With the Weather Channel and snowcountry.com, I'm Jason Dean.
5: I once had a customer who asked us to make a very special fruit basket. I want 25 pounds of bananas, he said, with a note attached that reads, I'm bananas over you. Will you marry me? You know, I've always wondered about their wedding cake. At State Street Market, we make fruit baskets. Of course we do. But just because it's a basket doesn't mean you've got to fill it with fruit. How about a basket filled with soda pop or microbrews? There are Chardonnay baskets, Merlot, Shiraz. Give us a price range and we'll fetch you a combination of bottles from the wine cellar that'll make someone dizzy with delight. Oh, we do baskets. Local goat cheeses and six kinds of crackers. Cookie baskets based on the cities of the world. Milano, Brussels. We've even put together the ingredients for the perfect minestrone. The fresh vegetables, the spice jar, the pasta. Hey, if you can dream it, State Street can put it in a basket. State Street Deli, State Street Fruit, State Street Wines and Spirits, Northampton. Delivery, too.
2: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
0: Well, what I didn't mention before, happy Kwanzaa for those who are celebrating Kwanzaa. For those who are not, we should all be applauding that um, yet another diverse holiday season during this uh, darkest time of the year and the brightest lights of the year. So happy Kwanzaa to you. Uh, Speaking of celebrations... Jackie Walsh, Playbill, what do you have for us today? Hey, we have something
9: wonderful. But before we get to that, I want to tell you about two things happening. Um, Barrington Stage hasn't announced their season yet, but they have a new executive director and they have announced that he will be directing Cabaret in the spring. Whoa. And I'm so excited. And it's so, I just find Cabaret so interesting. It can be super sexualized or not can be super dark or not. So there's a lot of choices for a director to make. So I'm really And
0: interested. what good is sitting alone in your room?
9: <laughs> true.
3: Come to the And bathroom. I didn't I
9: asked if I could go to auditions. I thought it would be so much fun. They do all their well to not Observer to actually audition. To observe. No, to observe. And they do like their major audition in New York City, which I think is true of the Berkshires in general, which is really cool. But then they audition some locals as well, sort of as fill ins. Um, So I may be able to go to that,
0: which would be great. That's very cool. You know, my wife, Marcin, she lived in Lenox for a while, and she tells these stories from the um, mid to late 60s of when she went to a laundromat, and uh, at the machine next door was Dustin Hoffman, the young Dustin Hoffman, who was, I don't remember if it was... Uh, the Williamsburg Theater or Barrington's. But it was one of those theater yeah. groups and he was performing. She has all these stories of oh, these famous so people cool. who were, you know, like changing their tires. <laughs> mm-hmm.
9: <laughs> cool. Going to the pizza shop. Yeah. yeah. So, and then I just wanted to mention that this group of people are, are start, starting a new theater group, yay, in East Hampton called the East Hampton Theater Company. And they will be doing God of Carnage in May. They're having auditions in January. Do you know that play, God of Coordinates? I don't. So it's a straight play. It's not a musical, but it's too, It's very, in my mind, uh, funny. It's dark and, and upsetting, but it's also very funny. It's two couples who are getting together to talk about something, and what they're talking about is the fight that their kids had at a park or at a playground. And it starts out very civil, and soon... It gets very unclear. Carnage. God of Carnage, yes. And it's not just between the two couples, but uh, you know, each couple's screaming at each other about don't all met, sorts of don't things. Don't mess with my kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so it's a great play. Um, so but I also want to introduce Anne Steinhauser. She's with us. She is the costumer for The Little Mermaid, which will be at Amherst Community Theater in January, January nineteenth through 29th. It's at Bowker Auditorium at on the UMass campus, a really beautiful venue. Um, and there's lots of matinees and lots of shows each weekend. And uh, so, so Anne is here. Anne is not only a costumer; she's a singer, an actress, and a wig creator. And there's probably many other things she does that I don't know. So and hi, I'm, Anne. I'm a
3: jack of all theater trades. Yes, uh, you are. I've- I've never allowed myself to learn how to do stage makeup because I it's I do these other things. Don't yes, ask you would be I don't want to know upon, how to do yes. it. And she's also raised two, two daughters, is it? Who are two two daughters and a son. Also,
9: I don't know about your son but I know one of your daughter is like a gorgeous singer and one is a dancer, right? She was a dance major, uh-huh. yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, does your son do theater as well?
3: Well, there were years with Amherst Community Theater where all five of us were on oh stage. It gosh. was it was the Von Schnacke Trap Family <laughs> Singers kind of thing,
9: including Larry, who I know as the pickleball king. Mixie plays lots of pickleball. He, he prefers with me. pickleball to theater, <laughs> but so um, what's incredible? I mean, most of us know the Little Mermaid from the Disney movie, and as you can imagine,
3: it calls for a lot of costumes. What's that exact number? Well, the exact number as of this morning, <laughs> because I didn't <laughs> want to count them until today, um, there, are, there are 91 costumes, <laughs> but there are also five giant puppets Wow! that, um, is... that actors will hold on oh stage. Do God. you have to costume
0: the puppets?
3: Um, I costume the puppeteers, but I helped, I designed and helped create
0: the puppets. Oh but gosh. Therese like-
3: Donahue should get most of the credit for these puppets because she's the one who built them for me. Like Have you and considered
0: puppet? therapy, Anne?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably certifiable <laughs>
0: at, this, at this point. So I
9: asked Anne about the hours and she has not kept track, but she's put thousands of hours into these costumes.
3: I, I, I think that's true um, and, and I as I told you I, I thought at the beginning of this I really should I really should keep track because this would just be interesting for everyone I think but you know there's so many times I just get up and start working and don't really true you know, yeah you know plus this has been two and a half years right this has been a two and a half year process because, because our show, show was, was twice canceled yes. So, right. But here we are. We're, we're going to have a show. Right. This time. So I just walked through mm-hmm.
9: Anne's studio in downtown Amherst a couple hours ago, full of beautiful colors and fabrics. It's just incredible. So Thank you. can you just generally tell us what the costumes are like and the process?
3: Oh, gosh, what they're like. Um, I mean, this is the Little Mermaid. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's very phantasmagorical. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I did not set it in any period, mm-hmm. even the, the human costumes, the, the land people, uh, because I really wanted uh, I wanted the opportunity to create just a beautiful scene on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to me, that could encompass many periods, as, as long as they all looked well together. Mm. We need to look well mm-hmm. on stage together. But I didn't need to be bound by, uh, by a period. You know, there's 25 sea creatures that have all been built from scratch. And um, as I was telling you earlier, Jackie, you know, my my goal was to build as many of these things as I could before I even had a cast. Um, So I had to figure out how to design things that I could build without having a body yet. Mm -hmm. So many of them are built on bike helmets. They're uh, very large animal heads. Um, so you have
9: like an octopus, a lobster, a flounder, what sorts of sea creatures?
3: Well, besides besides the named characters, um, mm-hmm. there are six baby octopuses mm-hmm. who are part of Ursula's lair. Ooh. And there are seven, eight-year-old children with these wonderfully floppy little octopus costumes that sit on their shoulders and the big heads. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there are trumpet fish, there are swordfish, there are sea anemones, there's a pink dancing dolphin in a tutu, um, There's
9: so a collection of see, of eggs, right? Fish eggs. There, there are fish eggs.
3: Yeah, there are <laughs> fish eggs, and that that's a story. That if we had another hour, I'd tell you the story. It's a great story, but you have to come and see it. You have to come and see it. <laughs> you, and see it. Um, you know, it's been a really fun, very creative
4: piece Mm. of work for Mm. me
3: and i've enjoyed it
9: so i was wondering talking to you earlier you know there are a lot of kids in these plays amherst community theater and uh once kid has a a a costume piece on his head that includes a sword or a trumpet uh how do we prevent those from getting stuck in someone's eye for example (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well that's a good question jackie <laughs>
3: <laughs> i guess that's for, why they have
9: child wranglers in and that's these why plays. they have child yeah. wranglers
3: for my part you know the these headpieces will go on their heads at the last minute that they go on stage they'll come off their heads as soon as they come off stage they they don't live with them in their dressing rooms they will live in special places um right and, and, and the rest of it is up to the choreographer. That makes sense, yeah. And, and she was brought into the studio early on to see what I was creating. And, you know, I said, do you need, do you need me to pull back on some of these? No, no, no. Love That's them. excellent. I'll make them work, which, is, of course, excellent. is exactly what I wanted to hear. And have
9: you had to make an extra costume or two for
3: COVID for understudies or no? Uh, Amherst does not do understudies. Okay. And they don't do double casting anymore.
9: Uh-huh. good. So we're talking to Ann Steinhauser. She is the customer for The Little Mermaid, which Amherst, um, I want to say leisure services because that's Amherst what you wear for the Community Theater. Community Theater is yeah. putting on January 19th through 29th at Bowker Auditorium at on the UMass campus.
0: We're going to take a break. This is... Is the word phantasmagorical a real word? I don't know. I think I made it up. It's a great <laughs> word. I love that word. Like you make up everything, including the costume That's, for Little Mermaid. Yeah, I'm
3: making my own little language. This is
0: a must-see. I'm going to be there. This sounds like The Lion King or something. It just sounds fantastical.
3: I'm inspired by The Lion King, and well, I was
0: inspired by The Lion King. For pretty incredible. We're going to take a break and come back to this phantasmagorical <laughs> conversation right after these messages. Stay with us. Had I known it could
2: come true. This is The Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 1015 WHMP.
7: in the mood for takeout? Want to find yoga classes, music lessons, or art supplies nearby? Save 30% on full-value gift certificates to dozens of local businesses and services from Springfield to Brattleboro and everywhere in between. Whether it's a quick bite for lunch, something nice for a special occasion, or just an excuse for some good old retail therapy. Save 30% on full-value gift certificates at the Shop 30 store at whmp.com. Northampton Neighbors is free of charge and open to all with a range of social and volunteer opportunities as well as services and support for members 55 and older in the City of Northampton. Need help? Want to help? Join us as a member, a volunteer, or donor. Northampton Neighbors is about more than aging in place. We're about engaging in place, this place. Find us online at NorthamptonNeighbors.org or call us at 413-341-0160.
4: Amid the flurry of late-year legislation, Congress has passed a measure that's being hailed by consumer advocates. Starting in mid-2023, dressers and other heavy furniture will have to meet strong stability requirements to prevent them from tipping over onto small children. The Federal Trade Commission is ordering MasterCard to end what it says are illegal business tactics to force merchants to route debit card payments through its payment network. It's also requiring MasterCard to stop blocking the use of competing debit payment networks. If you're thinking about buying a new car in the coming year, conditions may be better than in 2022. Cox Automotive, in its 2023 forecast, says inventory levels should continue to improve, but capacity will not return completely to pre-pandemic levels in the foreseeable future. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at ConsumerAffairs.com. This
2: is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
9: Hi, we're here. This is Playbill with Jackie Walsh and Buzz Eisenberg. And our guest this week is Anne Steinhauser, who is the costume for The Little Mermaid um, that is going to be in Amherst in January. Um, so she has she's an insider on this huge production that has a cast of 55 and has told us that they're... I asked her how they're depicting people swimming, the mermaids, et cetera, swimming, and uh, it turns out Sometimes during the play, there's
3: going to be... Do you call it fly, Flying? We call it Flying. Yeah. yeah. Flying by Foy. Like just the Pan, company yeah. that flew Mary Martin. Wow. Really? Yeah. Where are they at? Foy's out of? been around a long time. Really? I guess New they York must be, be out of something. New York. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds really, like it's such it's a serious production. To... This is
0: a yeah. serious this is, this production. This is a
3: big production with a large budget.
9: So um, we do... Mar- lots of people... Sorry. We do Mary Poppins and two, person
3: flew, two people flew in that show. This has yeah. four. Four people are flying in this show, and I'm not going to tell you who. You have to come and see the show <laughs> if you want to see who's flying. Wow, I can't even guess that. Well, yes, you were asking how how is the swimming yes. portrayed, yes. and and the flying helps is create that. that illusion.
9: Wow, that's going to be so cool. I know when we do Mary Poppins, I was in the chorus. Um, they had sixty five special effects that year, so maybe there's a few for this play as well.
3: Well, we're really fortunate in our theater to have um, some wonderful professionals who, you know, do lighting, who do sets and scenery, who, you know, work together as a team to create what I think is the best community theater around the valley.
9: And
0: it sounds like a fantastic costumer as well.
3: Yes, absolutely.
9: And it's such an experience for all these kids. There must be 20 or 30 kids in this play. Oh, easily. I haven't. Counted them, but yes. But I mean, and they all, range the fun, from seven to, all the fun they yeah. have, like at the rehearsals and waiting for the play to start, playing cards with all these other people in the play, and then they have the actual play, which they'll remember forever, which is so cool. So I'm curious about, since I can't sew a button on, I'm curious about how you go from you are the costumer of the Little Mermaid to this room full of gorgeous costumes. What is your process?
3: Oh, golly. Well, the very beginning of it was Kim Overtree, our director, asking me, would I costume Mermaid? I had sworn to everybody I knew I was never going to costume another big show. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, Kim, I'll, I'll get back to you. And I realized a month later that I was dreaming about these costumes already. Wow. I was designing them in my head for the entire month and I called her back, said, Kim, I, I might as well do the costumes. I've already designed them in my head. It starts there. It yes. starts there with, you know, what do I know about the show? What yes. what what's my vision of the show? And does it does it go along with the director's vision? That's yes. important. And then I and then I start making some sketches, then I start collecting some material, then I refine my sketches, then I make a few things um it's very organic for me right? so, it's a very organic process and
0: Steinhauser is it just textiles or are there other uh, mediums that you're using
3: well this this show brings in you know crafting and art skills you know beyond what the what a normal costumer would do in a show that was you know built like wood of, built of fabric you... uh, foam a lot of foam a lot of painting uh, Bubble wrap, um, home insulation. Um, <laughs> I cut some fins out of you know those tiles people put down in their garage. They, they're like a puzzle. Uh, they fit yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And yeah a little rubbery garage. kind of yeah. stuff, Yeah, and which. Brings me to how I get these materials. I have to give a big shout out to my, my Facebook group. Of, it's the Amherst Buy Nothing Club.
5: Oh, I those are I need something.
3: Great. I ask who's got it. Yes. And pretty soon I've got six bags of oh, fiber that's fill. That's fantastic. That, yeah. That somebody has. And so I've been able to source. Of course, I've had these two and a half years to do it. That doesn't happen in a normal. It also sounds
0: practice. like the perversity of your imagination is a really useful thing, right?
3: It's a very useful thing. It, it's, especially in community theater where your budget isn't large as well. I love making things and I love, as my mother used to say, making a silk purse out of a sow's ear. Yeah. I like taking materials that you would never think would go into a fish costume and find a way to use it. Right, right, and right. not have to, Buy every thing. Right.
9: and it's so. I mean, it's so different from like cast, uh, costuming. Um, you can't take it with you. You know, set in 1937, where everyone's wearing clothing from. I think of the the costumes you have for the coral. They're, they're children who are dressed as coral, and so it, she's used like these those swim noodles as part of the coral, and then she has actual little fish and other. Th- I mean, that's not normal to have to find things like that for a costume.
3: Well, you should come to my basement sometime, Jackie, because a lot of what I find for is right in my own house. Sad to say. So who taught you sewing? My mother. She I did. learned to sew at my mother's knee. Uh-huh. Um, when I was 13, she sent me off to a, a class, a Singer Sewing Machine class, where I learned more. But um, I, you know, I sewed for my kids. I sewed for myself when I was in a in a play, I'd say, I, I can do my costume. Tell me what you want. I'll do it. And then pretty soon I found that I was doing shows. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I like making things. I, I, like, I like working with my hands. I like using my art background and my imagination.
9: It all, it
3: all goes into it. Wow.
9: And it's going to be fantastic.
0: So tell me again, because I don't want to miss it. Little Mermaid, and it's got 56 characters. It's got 25 C characters creatures it's incredible and steinhauser's done what sounds like a fantastic let me say it phantasmagorical
3: <laughs> is that not really a word i thought that
9: uh, was. it is I, now it is a word
0: i'm <laughs> owning it now when it, when is the play going to happen and where
9: so it's january 9th through 19th through 29th and uh, that includes matinees Saturdays and Sundays Bowker auditorium it's sort of right, very close to the student center at, on mm-hmm. the UMass campus, it's a big old right next to the big uh, underground parking
3: lot.
0: And it's how do people find parking.
3: tickets? Um, you can go on the Amherst Community Theater website, and it will direct you direct you to the online ticket.
0: It it process. really so. sounds like a, a show we we can't miss. And you you were saying, Jackie, that even her studio, just being in her studio, moved you.
9: Yes, it was gorgeous. And, you know, besides the costumes, which we've been talking about, there's going to be great singing, great dancing. A, it's, lot it's yes. a lot of talent in this cast.
3: A lot of talent in this cast. And I, as I said, the other production team members, all wonderful as well. there will be beautiful set and scenery, professionally designed and executed. And it's as a lot to see in this show.
0: And as Jackie Walsh always does for us, it's local. It's our neighbor's putting on performances that are incredible for us. So thank you, Ann, for what you're doing and what you're going to do and for allowing us to participate. You're welcome. In okay, Provided go online. Here. Amherst Community Theater, get tickets, Little Mermaid. Thank you, Jackie.
9: Thank you. This was great. Thank you, Anne.
0: All right, we still have a couple more days before t- 2022 is over. Dan Torres, see you soon. Everybody else, stay safe.
2: This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP.
5: The Food Bank of Western Massachusetts provides healthy food to families and individuals facing hunger in our region. And right now, with food insecurity the highest it's been in recent years, the food bank is distributing more emergency food than ever. Learn more about the food bank or get support for yourself and your family. Go to food bank food for org. Northampton and
2: the Valley since 1950. WHMP Northampton, WHMQ Greenfield, A Northampton Radio Group Station.